this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today we are in here with the one and only Darrow. How you doing, man? What's up with it, man? I'm good. I'm excited to have you in here, man. There's a lot of people who... Uh, like everybody knows the music, but I feel like there's a lot of people that don't really know your actual story. And when I was researching for this, I got very uh, involved with a lot of the classic music from that era and stuff. So it's, it was enjoyable getting ready for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, a lot of people know the you know the music, you know, but the story always it got to reveal, mm. you know. So that's part of it. So let's talk a little bit about your uh, early days. You're originally from Dallas, or yeah. you moved there at some point? Okay. Born and raised Dallas. You know, uh, went to school, played ball, Lancaster. You know, uh, a real baller. Group. I was listening to an interview with you. You were rating everybody in the rap games, basketball skills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm real with it, man. I'm still, you know, uh, I'm still, I, I still got some people that's on the list that, you know what I'm saying, get hit with the the real skill. You got the, the rap hoopers, uh-huh. then you got the hooper hoopers, and then you got the in between, which is me. Like, I rap and hoop, but then you got some people that rap and they say they can hoop, but I can see that they really can't hoop. But if you just see some stuff that they do, it look like they can hoop. Mm. Yeah, so. Because, yeah. I mean, it's very, very rare that somebody could be really fire at basketball and then also be all right at the rapping thing. Obviously, every basketball player is kind of like a fan of the yeah, rap yeah. scene, but yeah. and they want to take part, but it doesn't always work yeah. out too well. Yeah, now it go hand in hand, but, you know, over the years, through a lot of, like, celeb basketball games, the mm. real ones know the truth. Like, the real ones know. Like, you know, I, even from, like, the Chris Browns and stuff, like, real baller, you know what I'm saying? And when mm. it comes to just a lot of different stuff, and, and we, of course, we're talking about the real hoopers that rap. Like, obviously, I ain't finna be talking to no NBA player because the NBA player gonna look at it, be like, nah, they ain't, you know what I'm saying? Shaq got some bars. Yeah, well, Shaq, yeah. <laughs> Homie, you know, who got some bars that also hoop is uh, 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 Portland, Damian Lillard. Yeah, okay. Homie, yeah, I fuck with it. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. You can respect it. I respect it. You know what I'm saying? It's some, it's some of my respect, you know, you know, from the ones I hear, but. Did you, did you, your whole childhood, was that like your entire thing? Was just being obsessed with the sport? It was like, bowling was my number one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hooping was definitely first love. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, in my mind, that's what it was going to be. Mm. And then I didn't realize that it was a lot of things that changed the passion of that once I got, like, right to high school when everything was happening, scholarship offers, and, you know what I'm saying? A couple traumatic experiences happened that kind of changed my passion for it. You know what I'm saying? With me, it's all about the passion. Like, looking back now, if my passion stayed the same, I know I could have went that route, you know, from that from that thing. But as time came, I actually became more passionate about music during that time. And it came to a point where it was like, I could do this or that, 
but music seemed more controllable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sports is you could be the best thing. You feel me? You get hurt, you out of there. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You don't over. go, you don't go in the right system, you out of there. You feel me? Coaching systems, mm. college, you can be able to play the game, and that's just too much out of your control. Right. With, yeah. with music, you can, can control that more. You right. Feel me? Like what I was thinking about if I had a kid and he was a talented athlete. <laughs> And you, you want to nurture that as much as possible, but at the same time, even if your kid looks like he might be LeBron James, it's like you you have to prepare them for something else as well yeah. because it's so easy for that dream to just disappear. Yeah. I mean, I, could, I can name at least six or seven people off the top of my head that I know are better than 50% of the NBA that mm. easy could been there and still go there, but for so many different other reasons it didn't happen. Mm. Like some of the time, some of the things I'm talking about, they may got hurt at the wrong time. They might have like some happening. They had attitude issues right when they was getting things. The coaches didn't want them at that time. They got over that. It's it's too much, you know what I'm mm. saying? But like, like you say, you feel me? You can be that, and it cannot happen. And, and during that time, it, it resonated with me more. To I can control my destiny more with music, you know what I'm saying? Because even if you don't do get a record deal or whatever, you can you can create your initial fan base from wherever you at, you feel mm. me? And, and you can control that, you feel me? You can put out music. If you wanna go perform, there's something you can do. Sports, it gotta be set up, especially then like, you gotta have games set up, you feel me? So mm. what do you do in between games? And you get what I'm saying? Well now it's a little different because now they got social media, so you getting people that's blowing up from social media mm. that's in the sports world and they getting they getting uh found by scouts and stuff from social media. Mm. That's a whole nother thing. You, you might not be limited to the, the scouts in your area or the teams in your area because you're able to build it's it's really exactly the same thing that happened to the rap world where it used to be that you only had a career if uh, you were able to work with a label uh, and now you can get popping on your own. Exactly. It's kinda like that in sports too. Exactly. Yeah, because the thing about this just say you in a small town somewhere you feel me that it ain't a lot going on but you a wanted sports or basketball you can you can literally and today you can go to a local park against and, and, and just go kill it somebody fam it put it on social media and you can get found that way mm. and you can control that whereas if that was the case back then you would have had to Go somewhere across the country, wait till the season starts. It's just a lot. Mm. You feel me? It just it's different. What was the traumatic stuff that sort of went down while you were in high school that took away from your passion for the game? Well, it was a lot of stuff I was going through internally, like family issues, you know, stuff that was going on, just things like that 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 just changed my perspective of life. Mm. That's what it really was. Stuff that some of my spoke on in music, some of it I'm speaking on in some of the upcoming music, some of it a lot of that be revealed through the art, but you know what I'm saying? Basically, stuff like that. Just things that changed my perspective of life mm. at an early age during that time that made me just change my whole way I was looking at everything and doing. Right. And I was always doing music too. Like, even when I was hooping, by the time I got to high school, I was already writing and rapping and freestyling this and that, but the passion wasn't there mm. until things, certain things happened and, and, and it just switched, you feel me? And I, and I went into that mode. Do you feel like the same level of energy because like like i know a guy who was um he was like on his way to be a ufc fighter mm -hmm. he got knocked out real bad one time the doctor told him like you can't like ever do this again like you cannot get knocked out like this he took all that that energy like of this thing he had been working for his whole life and just turned it over to being a poker player and completely like is one of the best in the world now but i always thought that was interesting that he was able to take the passion he had for one thing and just completely move it over to something that was completely different do you feel like that happened with the that, music i mean he just got the it factor you feel me mm. meaning that wherever you when you got it like that wherever you apply that you're gonna go to the highest level with that it's not really about 
the thing. The it's thing. about the you know energy. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you, the, the dudes you just described just got that. If he would it don't got to be poker. It could have been name something else. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It would have been that. You feel mm -hmm. me? That That's what that mean. And, and obviously, you know what I'm saying? For him, it, his passion changed and applied it to something else. Well, me, I mean, you, it, it wasn't that, but it, the similar concept. You feel me? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I never really lost the love of basketball because it was, it was a time where I couldn't even, when I stopped hooping like I didn't even want to see basketball for like years like I hated it I, then I got over that and then like now it's back a thing to me you feel me because you like, couldn't look at it without thinking about what yeah how you wanted to be involved yeah, in it yeah you know? and then you know you got a lot of people around you during the time that want you know they saw the whole thing so they wondering why you not going to that route boom 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 and it was just a whole thing, but you know that was something I got past. But so now yeah. you can be more of like a fan of the yeah. Now I can be a game. real fan of the game and watch it in a whole different way. I couldn't even watch basketball for years, like after high school, maybe four or five years at all. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But now, yeah, I, I watch it all the time and try to catch it. You know what I'm saying. I, I just love watching it. Definitely. Did you make it to playing in college, or did you? Well, not I had even scholarships. Go I got right. scholarships. By the time I so in high school, basically in high school. My senior year, you know what I'm saying, I was captain of the basketball team, all this, boom, 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 a lot of people know this story. But uh, it was, I was already rapping, I already, I was popular for sports, so I, when I started rapping, I kind of had like a fan base already. Mm. I was already rapping, putting out music, people was jamming my music, people was buying my mixtapes, I was selling it at school, the teachers, the students, everybody, you know what I'm saying? So I was already kind of that in my mind. Mm. I already knew I could do it, you feel me? Because I already had, like, what I had, a fan base, I had a support system from the jump. So uh, it, it it was during that time where I it, I just was like this is way more controllable. Like I could go make some music. Next day we was printing CDs. Mm. Next day I'm selling 20, 30, 40 copies at school. To me, that was just that basketball was just too spaced out. It was mm. like when the season going boom. When the season ain't going, you, you just working out boom boom boom. You got to rely on all these teammates, you, and you, you didn't you pick gotta, the teammates. Man, you you got to rely. <laughs> it's too many other counterparts. You yeah. feel me? And then at that time, I was able to compare and contrast and be like, with this, I'm able to do this right now, and it make me feel good. And I ain't got to think about stuff that I be thinking about. You mm. know what I'm saying? That I was having issues with. You know what I'm saying? So I got into music, and, and once I got into that. The passion like went there fast, and once I got that passion in it, it, it wasn't no turning back. Like mm. I knew early on that you know what I'm saying. I told myself a day like I'm two feet in it, and you know what I'm saying. I was at FedEx, you feel me? Like at 1819, and the last day when I walked out, like I was just two feet in it, you feel mm. me? And I ain't never looked back since, and I knew that the passion was there. So all the stuff that I still had coming from the basketball side, because I was getting all type of stuff, it was just I. Didn't even care, you feel me? And mm. I was surprised in myself that I was able to feel that way. Right. You feel me? Like, I didn't think that I would be able to naturally feel that way. But, Definitely. What, yeah. what, what year did you graduate? 05. 05. So yeah, you're sort of, yeah. like, that's kind of, like, the prime time for, like, Texas's, like, explosion in terms of, like, all these underground artists just becoming, like, in the mainstream and shit, yeah. whether it's Slim Thug or Paul that's Wall. That's when or, they was popping. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? They so had they, already they, kind they was, of hit that level by the time you are graduating. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They was already doing it. That's when you, you, you had a little flip now I'm on fire, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So... Lil Flip, the whole Swisher House movement on fire, Slump Thug, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, that's during that. That's when they popping, popping. Number one yeah. time where somebody who's like graduating high school that has something going on is thinking like, I can be that. Like exactly. I can get on that level now exactly. too. Yeah. And it was the first time that it was happening for somebody like me that's in Dallas, not mm -hmm. Houston. Everybody right. always associated, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, it was doable, you feel me? I was seeing people around me 
that was doing it, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and like Texas, Dallas, you know what I'm saying, talking about the Tom Toms and Big Tucks, you feel me, mm-hmm. and like these are names that's prevalent today that was prevalent then, you feel me, that like I say, when you see it, especially when you're in high school and that young, it makes it way more, you know what I'm saying, believable that you can do it. Mm, yeah. Definitely. So Big Tuck was like a local like hero to you at that time? Big Tuck was that guy. Big Tuck was the probably the reason, one of the main reasons I jumped off the porch to actually do it. Wow. You feel me? Like I was already fans of a lot of other people. Like, you know what I'm saying? I grew my first favorite Texas rapper was Lil Flip. Like, mm. But I liked the UGK movement. I came up through all of it. But that's when, but when people like Big Tuck came out, that's when it was like, oh, this in the backyard for real. Like mm-hmm. this in Dallas, and to me, it wasn't nothing harder than the shit that was coming out of Dallas. Right. Even it, it, I, even comparing it to mainstream, it was just like this, just what it is. Yeah. And I and I caught that energy, and yeah. So I was I was always the one and the type of person where like, I I ain't gotta be influenced. Once I see something, I, I'm a rep what we are and where I'm at boom harder than trying to connect to whatever's going on like you know what I'm saying so when I saw it in Dallas and, and it was and, and, and it just happened you feel me so yeah mm-hmm. I would say somebody like Tuck and Tom you know what I'm saying and, and and for the people who don't know who those people are y'all need to get in tune with them if you, you know if you can listen to Southside the Realist and not say that that is one of the greatest rap songs of all time yeah. then you are that's, severely that's, misled that's the that's the Dallas anthem forever, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 a Texas anthem, it's a Southern anthem. It's gonna be it's a worldwide anthem. It's just something that's gonna last forever, mm. you know. But I that's but see this the thing though, that was like even later like I was we on Tuck and I'm in the we on the mixtapes. You feel mm. me? Like so that even came afterwards. Boom! And I remember when that song dropped. You know what I'm saying? I remember taking that on a CD. And, and putting that one song on the CD and riding around in the car and just jamming that for like a three week, about a week to mm. two weeks straight when it first came out. You know what I'm saying? So, and like a lot of people that I grew up with, you know what I'm saying, in high school, we kind of like blew up a lot of people. So we, DSR was a group, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And like we was popping at our school, links to hooping and everything. We blew up DSR in our area the way we was jamming them, you know what I'm saying? And being real, because it wasn't a lot of people like that, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't like repping some stuff that's right there in your backyard until it's everybody else repping it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Oh, so, yeah. so more people was on Houston, which Houston, you know, boom, boom, boom. But like, once once I caught that way, I'm like, fuck that. This is what we jamming. We jamming at the games, doing it. We playing at the games, and our shit popping. So we blowing it up as well. Mm-hmm. You feel me? We, it just always hit that pride. So. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like in that era where you came out, there was like such a big emphasis on a lot of like like you're known for making like ridiculously catchy pop anthem ass songs. Like was that always the direction that you sort of wanted to go in, or that you found yourself going in? Was like I can uh, like really making big hits. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I learned that, you feel me? Uh, mm. I started off as a mixtape mixtape rapper, right. you know what I'm saying? Like I was dropping mixtape, boom, 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 mixtapes, uh, doing a lot of that and, and catching a lot of, so I went to HBCU. Okay. So I did go to PV, but uh, I didn't go to right. Hoop, you know what I'm saying? By the time I got down there, 
I, I already had like the little attention with rapping, and I just saw like, look, I'm finna go down here and do my rap shit. You feel me? Like, it's 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 seven and one girls to do. It's people all over the place. I see it. Boom, I'm finna go down and rap. We start putting the, throwing parties, all that type shit. So I was dropping a lot of mixtapes. Down there, you had people from Houston, Dallas, Louisiana, that whole little Southern thing, mm -hmm. all in one place. So you blowing up there is going everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. Summer break, boom, boom, boom. So I was known. I had I had PV popping for mixtapes and that type thing before I was able to make singles. But what happened was, and what changed was, uh, like I was popping for mixtapes and I had a buzz. I had a name. Everybody knew who I was. They was fucking with me. They was fucking with my music. But I wasn't getting booked for shows. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wanted me to be places, but I wasn't getting booked. I wasn't getting paid. And then I remember it was uh, it was it was early on when the Dallas Boogie. Uh, movement hit you feel me and it was the beginning of it and like I was this rapper with all this buzz from mixtapes but then it'll be like other rappers that have one song no mixtape no name and the song will be big <laughs> and then they'll be getting booked for shows you know right. what I'm saying so that made me be like damn like okay I gotta I gotta figure that part out you know what I'm saying and then I started getting with my you know my producer boom 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 and I re realized at the moment that I was gonna have to make singles you know what I'm saying and once I developed that skill, like that was something I put my time and energy to and boom, and then it, it became that, you know what I'm saying? So I really became almost the opposite of what I started from. So I made a single boom, and then I made another one, they just kept boom, and this is before Ice Cream Paint Job. I had like a lot of little stuff that led up to that, you feel me? Right. But the world gonna think that Ice Cream Paint Job was the beginning, it's a whole fucking story and movie that led up to just that one song. Right. You feel me? A whole bunch of mixtapes, a whole lot of little things that made me get to that song. You feel me? Yeah. So it was like that. You feel me? So I learned that and then that happened and then I just became like, okay, I got that. And that just kind of took off in that way. So let's just say if I, when I even dropped my first album, like people had that in mind. But I really create more of the opposite. You mm. feel me? I really create more of these other type records than these things. I just know how to make those mm. at any given. If I really want to make that, I can make that at any time. It's like two separate games. Like just writing writing verses of being a good rapper and then writing a hook is like two very different things. And we've seen tons of rappers who are good at one and not good at the other or yeah. good at both over the years. And it's just kind of, you have to learn to be able to play both games, really. You do. You know what I'm saying? And with me, it's just about where my passion is. Like, I just got to feel like doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I want to do it. You feel me? Like, I, I don't play it. I don't play the game for the same reason that everybody else play the game. Mm. If I wanted to do that, it would be too easy in my mind. You know what I'm saying? But I just be having to feel like doing certain stuff. And sometimes that can that can handle, but most of the, but overall, it's just, it's just me. You feel mm. me? So that's just how I am when it came to that part. It's interesting because, like, these days when you're talking about having, like, you know, underground singles that were bubbling up and stuff before Ice Cream Paint Job, nowadays, like, the first time that you're a young artist that you have a song that starts bubbling up and it just goes online and everybody just sees this artist for the first time, that's, like, the first time that people get familiar with you versus back then it was like you could have all these sort of like regional hits but then it, it, it really felt like at that time that you weren't going to get the coast paying attention to your music unless you could have a song that was a big enough hit that it would get on the yeah. radio there because uh, this isn't like pre-youtube but it's like the very beginning, beginning of youtube of, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the very beginning of everything the internet really you know, social media uh, and you're right, you feel me? It, it was just, that was it, you feel me? It was like you had to have, 
be able to make some shit to go like that to even be able to get in it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I started out the opposite way and I, and I had to adapt to that skill. You know what I'm saying? It, and it just became that. Definitely. Yeah. When you were, did you consider <laughs> using social media, whether it was MySpace at the time or YouTube or whatever, did you consider that like an important part of your career yet at that point? Or did it take you a while for you to figure out that like, oh, this is starting to become the place where people are consuming my shit? I was on fire on MySpace, bro. Like mm. my page was popping. Everybody had like the girls had, I'm, and I ain't even exaggerating. They used to have walk that walk and Holly Berry on their page. You know what I'm saying? The background Which, music when you go to the page. Yeah, that like, was the way. And for I, a while, my yeah. shit was blowing up on my page, was popping. But I didn't really know what that meant. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a concept of viral yet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't. I wasn't realizing that this shit was spreading out around the world and or at least the United States or whatever the fuck, you know, but I was aware that my page was popping on MySpace. So I was aware I had a popping MySpace page when it came to music, boom, boom, boom. But I didn't know what that really meant because that ended up turning into a whole lot. I even got discovered like when you came, when it comes to like, uh, I was doing mixtapes and you know, like the ice cream paint job, I put that on my MySpace and a DJ found it on my space and blew it up. So my shit really blew up from MySpace. But what changed my whole perspective of what viral was is I had never been to California. You know what I'm saying? My music from a mainstream level, if you want to say that word, blew up in California. Mm. I didn't blow up in Texas mainstream. I blew up in Texas underground and that whole region underground. Like I wasn't mainstream in Texas. I was mm. underground. You had to boom. But, then, but I blew up mainstream in Cali and that became from my space. So when I started getting booked for shows and coming out to Cali, I didn't understand how people knew me, my face and all that stuff. It didn't resonate yet. Where in this day and time, you will understand because you'd be like, it went viral, boom, boom, boom. It was just happening. So that but, was- So the, your song started popping off on MySpace and then was there ever like a, a DJ in LA or any people in particular that were really showing love that made, like that you started getting booked out here or was it strictly online? DJ A-Man okay. from the Bay. He was in the Bay at KMEL. He, literally went to my page he used to always come to my page and get music because i remember like i had my walk that walk single popping and like right. it was he he came and he, he he had me sending to him he was trying to blow it up in the bay but the tempo wasn't he mm -hmm. knew it was a dope song and he was basically like i wonder if the bell fuck with this and they kind of did but not really but you know what i'm saying but then he would come when i put that on my page he came and he he single-handedly came to my page and got it had me send it to him asked me was it original all that and i sent it to him and like I, I, about a week, two weeks later, about two weeks from that day, he said, he said, I got the biggest song in the Bay Area because he was on radio and radio was huge. And he had a spot where they come on. The, I think it was a weekend thing where you go hear new music. And he was like the first time he played it, it blew up. People was calling in. That was a big thing. And uh, it just went and like and it was in rotation in like a week. <laughs> or something like that and it just blew up like it, it just went you feel me it wasn't even and he was the one that found it him and, and then big Vaughn, shout out to him too because big Vaughn was uh the pd you know at that and they just blew it up and it went from there to la and they blew up here at dj felly fell it, it was the number one record in la you know what i'm saying and it blew once it blew up in la it went everywhere right it, you know what i'm saying when you wrote that song what uh what, what was your car collection like at that it was it was the culture. I didn't. I was shit, right. uh, yeah. I was rapping about the culture at that time. Mm -hmm. I, I basically manifested that. You feel right. me? Like I grew up in around the Texas, you know, all that, and that was just the culture around me at that time. I was, I was like nineteen, twenty, I think, when I wrote that song. You know what I'm saying? And, and 
yeah, that was just the culture around me. So I, at that time, I wasn't rapping about my car then, but it become it ended up manifesting into that. You feel me? Was that like you felt like you had to go and make that? Was that first car purchase like really, really important because you're like, you know, I, I made this happen from talking about this. It, it, yeah, I so when the final when when I when I first was like I'm gonna go get it. It, it was that, but by the time I went and actually go get it, it wasn't that because by this time I, I was started doing so many shows and moving around right. that it really wasn't even that important no more. You feel me? That it, it, in a matter of a few months because I was traveling so much, never really wasn't home. At home, maybe one day, two days out the month. You feel me? So. Yeah, it just it just was transition. It was just a transition. Yeah, rappers like before they get popping or would be writing songs about cars and houses and then once they actually get popping, you could you could have a house and you barely ever even gonna be there and you can have feel, a car, yeah. you're never gonna drive it. It don't feel the same, you know what I'm saying? But you, you but you start loving the other stuff, like just you know, the whole the journey, you feel me? The moving around, you know, creating the music, boom, 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 just that part. But yeah, you know, yeah, it, it becomes like that. Definitely. So, yeah, like, where, because there was a bunch of other stuff that had to happen before Ice Cream Paint Job, right? Because the whole Holly Berry yeah. saga unfolded yeah. before that. So, where were you at in your career when that sort of situation took place? Because you were on the song and then the song was basically stolen from you. We could, we could go through it. Not stolen, but it was yeah, yeah, appropriated yeah. by somebody else. Can we uh, get that story? That was the first time I felt a low when I was doing music. Because what people don't realize is at every is levels to everything, and you feel so at that time in my mind, I'm already popping a mixtape. Boom, my name is there. I'm doing shows. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm making money. I'm doing my thing. I know we ain't hit mainstream yet. I know that's the next thing because of how everything's moving. Mm. I got my walk. That walk single is popping, but it's it's it's. That was like a slow burning record that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Where when we did Holly Berry, it blew up faster than that. But you know what I'm saying. But so I, during that time, uh, I was already uh, I was just in a space where we didn't I didn't expect that to happen. And when it happened, we we felt the way about it. Like it was a big thing. It was a whole thing. Like that would be a story within itself that's huge because that was the first time I put a lot of work in that record. You mm -hmm. feel me? I broke that record, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to when it, what it takes to break a record in, at that time. And you know what I'm saying, it was a lot that went on with that. And when, when, that, when that was took away the way it was, it felt like a lot of things that I put together and put in energy was gone. But right away, as soon as that happened, the next thing happened. Walk that walk blew up like that. It just, it, I didn't, it didn't want even no time in between. It was just a sign that that happened. My record blew up and then Ice Cream Train Job blew up. And to this day, I still, you know, I get my royalties from from the Holly Berry. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's still 33% of my record. But you were you mean? still, were you the only artist on the original Holly Berry nah, record? Nah, or nah, no, 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 So it was dude, Superstar. So right, this is right. the story. So I can only, you know what I'm saying, get this story out of the way. Let's get the record straight Let's just get the Holly people, Berry. Yeah. This is the story of Holly Berry. Holly Berry started at Prairie View University. Prairie View is a black HBCU. You know what I'm saying? I was popping. I was doing the mixtape. I was known for all the music. Boom, boom, boom. I had a group called Primetime Click. That was my group I started. My homies that rap, basically. And we had producers, boom, boom, boom. Uh, one of my producers that came into the Primetime Click situation later was just a producer that made beats. His name was Superstar. Mm -hmm. Made some hard-ass beats, you feel me? But you know, as music, when you produce, at some point you're gonna, you're gonna rap. You know, a lot of people, well not everybody, but a lot of people. But anyway, he, he made a record. He was from Colleen, Texas, that's an army base. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a small city, but it's a, 
it's a it's a it's a small influential city in his own way you know what i'm saying because it's an army base there he was from there and he went to preview so he made the song he was in my he was signed he was my in my prime time thing mm -hmm. and he had it going in colleen texas long story short i was approached with him and another producer named q smith who co-produced the record with him when we took it to the next level to put me on the record because i was popping i was a nigga at pv it wasn't gonna move at pv or Dallas or Houston without me on it. You feel me? Mm -hmm. That's the that's just the marketing technique that they think. They like, we're gonna go to the road, put them on, and it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. And they did that. I heard it. I'm like, oh, this is this is way before it's only popping in one place at this time. I hop on it, blow up at PV, Houston. I take it to Dallas and see Dallas at this time was the special city. This during this is when the Dallas Boogie movement was happening. Mm -hmm. I go to Dallas and I'm in every this one, I'm in every club every night every day of the week in Dallas performing. Every, I'm, I'm talking about Monday through Monday. Mm. I'm everywhere and I'm really one of the only few people that's everywhere doing that. So I'm taking this song, cause my Walk That Walk record was big. B blowing up Holly Berry and it blew up in Dallas, ended up getting on the radio and it was a rap from there. And now the song is a, it, at this time it's a huge Southern song that everybody know about. Long story short, uh, Hurricane, Camp, Hurricane Chris Camp came. They, he needed a single. From what they were saying, he need a single. Hurricane Chris need a single, boom, boom, boom. Homie Superstar had signed a dumbass deal at the time with Plan Skill. Shout out to Plan Skill, shout out to Superstar, but he signed a weak deal that mm -hmm. I didn't want to sign. Didn't make sense at all. Don't know why Superstar did it till this day. It was not smart. It still would have been a big hit to this day with Superstar and me on it at the same level. But anyway, he felt like he had to do the deal, did it. Boom, they gave him the record. Uh, Playing skills, dropped the ball with the record, you know what I'm saying? Whatever they did. Once they, they take me out, they did a remix. Threw Tom Tom on our shot to Tom Tom. Smart move. Took me off, put Hurricane Chris on the remix. The remix didn't move at all because everybody in Dallas and all the DJs were mad they took me off because I'm the one who blew the record up. And mm -hmm. then they, they compete that they was doing some fuck shit. So the record died like 100%. Now they scrambling and they had to sell the record. So they sold it to Hurricane Chris. Hurricane Chris count, got it, put a bag behind it, put it with the label, and they blew it up. And that's mm -hmm. how it all happened. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I had our paperwork was done. I still own 33% of the record to this day. Boom, 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 publishing all that. It was a big deal. We had a little beef at the time. But at the same time, it, it rolled over. My shit blew up right after that. Walked the walk. I didn't give a fuck no more. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And long story short, that's the story. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like a lot of things that happened. But the reason why that story is so important, because this is before mainstream. This right. is. This is the road to get there. You know what I'm saying? That was a big part of how everything happening. So in retrospect, when you're looking at it, it seems small, but it was huge. You feel me? At that time. And mm. yeah, long story short. So I'm saying all this just to get the record straight. Cause I always gotta do every interview I gotta explain this story. And I did and I understand it's different platforms. So it's just like boom. Hopefully I don't really gotta explain it too much more. But right. shout out to Superstar, shout out to Harry Kane, Chris Adam. They doing their own thing, boom, boom, boom. And uh, everybody that was involved with that record, you know what I'm saying? Q Smith, shout out to Q Smith. You know, Q Smith came and, and, and made the record a whole nother thing on the production side, so, but yeah. You, but you, um, like, that that the Hurricane Chris thing, it wasn't like an issue between you guys for that yeah, long? Like, you, not, it was an issue, but then you got over it pretty yeah, quick? Yeah, we was beefing, like, we we, we had words, we, we, man, let me tell you what. But was it on some crazy shit, yeah, or was it, it just it, a it little? It was just on some time, we was young and not understanding a lot of stuff, and like, it even got to the point where I, I, we had a radio show in Baton Rouge, and I'm performing, 
and I do my version because I, I didn't give a fuck. I was still performing and while he was there. I was performing my version, right. and we had a radio show where we both booked it, and I'm performing it. And, <laughs> and like they had like they DJ trying like stop my music. Or boom, 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 something happened. Man, I'm have some words. And the baby was the mediator. Shout out to baby, baby was the mediator between me and Hurricane Chris. So we back in the little dressing room and, and we had some words, you feel me? But at this time, it was like, damn, homie's so small. Like I wanted to like, at that time, I was like, I would feel wrong. But at the end of the day, we, we, we squashed that. We started seeing each other out of here in LA. Once you have success, that shit don't matter no more. Right. That's what it really was. We started having real success. And then it just was like, what the fuck we tripping over there for? Like, I don't, and that's just what it was. Until this day, that's what it is. Right. How'd you feel when you uh, saw it in the news that he, uh, he caught a new charge? Man, I felt bad, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end, like I say, by, we done, me and him got each other number. We done seen each other just at random little events and parties in L.A. And we, you know, boom. So, like, it ain't no beef like that, you know what I'm saying? And, and it was never a beef to where I want somebody to get into, like, locked up or anything. And, mm. But I mean, I'm, I'm hearing actually good things. I'm hearing that, like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? He 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 might, he probably get off of because it was some self defense. I hope that's what it was. But right. it shocked me. Feel me? I saw it, and I don't really know too many details, so I can't speak on it. But you know, I hope homie get through the situation. No, definitely. I mean, after all those years, especially, it's just got to kind of seem like water under the bridge. Like you guys were just yeah, young yeah, dudes yeah. experiencing exactly. fame and money for the first yeah, time. Yeah, like we thought we was in a real beef at that time, but mm -hmm. like looking back, that ain't no real beef. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it never yeah. seemed like it was gonna get super violent. Or it did. It, it got did. some time. Like the, the when I'm talking about the Baton Rouge thing, right. I honestly think had Bebe wouldn't been there at that time. Like, yeah, it would have, because I had people with me, he had people with him, and I was feeling the way, and it, I can't see it not happening because we was right there. Uh -huh. But, you know, like I say, but like I say, yeah, that was the only time. It, it wasn't like we trying to kill each other, but it, man, you know, it was just a different time. I got gotcha. Yeah. Um, so then, Ice Cream Paint Job, when you're making that, did it seem like there was anything special about it, or did it just seem like a regular song that you're recording? Man, so to me, when I recorded it, I was in my mixtape phase and I always hit this thing about me where I like rapping on up-tempo beats. Mm -hmm. I used to rap on, at this time, you remember what's that song that came out the Bay Area? It was a, uh, it was about the shoes, the Vans. Oh yeah, I got my Vans on and that, the little that, black sneakers. That, that beat, like, so I, 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 used, I did a freestyle on that beat on a mixtape and I thought that shit was, I, I fucked with that shit so hard. But I, everybody fucked with my mixtape and didn't like that song because of the, the beat. Like really? it was too up-tempo in Texas. So I, I I I told that's when I was just like I'm gonna do my own shit the up to the bill shit but Texas probably ain't gonna fuck with it so I had to per I personally liked it I didn't just say this was gonna be a big hit because I was in Texas and everything was slower so and that mm. shit mattered at that time you drop some shit that ain't in the tempo of the de of the de the dance music and everything we was doing down there. They ain't fucking with it. That shit, Ice Cream Paint Job, was too fast. That's so weird and, that you like are not from the Bay, but somehow your music was just resonating in the Bay it, faster than it was. They thought I was from the Bay. They yeah. thought I was from the Bay because of that, you know, boom. And it blew up there in 90 BPM. Uh, is really, Even today, that ain't really that fast, but that was fast, and that was more what the Bay was on. It blew up. So it didn't blow. Ice Cream Paint Job didn't blow up in Texas. Mm. It blew up in Texas after it blew up in Cali. You know what I'm saying? That didn't have nothing. Motherfuckers weren't fucking with that. Even my DJ at the time didn't. He was just. He didn't think it was a hit like that. You know what I'm saying? I personally liked it, but boom and yeah, that. Nah, I didn't. I 
it didn't dawn on me it was special until I started getting booked in, in Cali. You feel me? I'm right. like, oh, this is a, this a, this a special record. Like, this is even more special than Walk That Walk, which mm-hmm. was a special record. And, and Holly Berry, which was a, another special record. And this was like, oh, this shit more, actually more special than them. That's right. how, yeah, so. That's so was, crazy. It, yeah, it was weird. Do you but, start thinking at some point, like, man, I actually got a, a gift for writing these hooks. Like, it's just, you know. Well, I, once I got, but it was before that. It was Once once I did Walk That Walk, I knew I knew how to make it. You feel me? Like, I, I knew I could keep doing that. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. it was that, I had to learn how to make that record in my mind. Because I was a mixtape rapper, so I wanted to make a lot of fast shit and just drop a lot of shit. But I had to, like, humble myself and, like, Come down and be like, I need to know, I need to make a record. I need to learn how to actually make a record. You know, because I was getting tired of motherfuckers coming on one record and being popping, and I got all this shit going and the buzz, but I wasn't getting booked for shows. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna learn how to, I'm gonna learn how to make a single. So once I did that, y'all knew I could do it. You feel me? And, and you know, what I'm saying that's just what it be, what it became. Right. And okay, so did you sign to a label early on, or how how did that whole process work? I didn't sign to a label until so. By the time I did a deal with E1, which was which is Koch Records right. Independent, by the time that came in place, Walk That Walk was already huge all over radio. Like mm-hmm. I had already done everything, and Holly Berry was already huge. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And we they they initially wanted to do a, a single deal. I remember, and then they caught wind the ice cream paint job by luck. They luck, they lucked up on that, and then they they offered me an album deal, you know what I'm saying, and 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 shit, I did it, you know what I'm saying, and matched it with independently what I got doing, and we just kind of partnered up and did what we did and, and made that happen. But yeah, that that's when they came in place. It's kind of crazy because you sort of came up during like the weird dark time for the music industry where they didn't know what the fuck to do with the artist. Yeah. Like nowadays, if you have a hit song, it's like you got every label fighting to help you make that song bigger and to fuck with your career or whatever. But at that time, the idea of like, oh, there's a kid from Texas who has like a, a couple of really popping songs and it seems obvious that he can make more. I mean, the labels just like didn't know how to make money off it, so they weren't like running to it like the way that they would be these days. Yeah, exactly. That was a weird time because shit was transitioning and, and when nobody figuring out what was going on, like it was just happening at the time. So it was. I, I think that was the most uh, like a that was a that was just a weird time. You feel me? Because the internet was happening, didn't really know what it was gonna be, mm. but it was there. But we was the first ones on it, so we understood it, but didn't understand it. It was it was just a lot going on. It was just in a transition. And how did yeah. how did this remix happen? That featured this is such a crazy list of rappers to be featured on the same remix is Soldier Boy, Rich Boy, Jermaine Dupri, Jim Jones, and E Forty. So you basically have like the entire country. Like you sort of like picking choosing different people from every different region to sort of get on that together. Yeah. That that go to shout out to D Sunnerum, the Sunnerum from E1, man. He put that part there. By this time, but by, by this time the song was so big that everybody was just doing verses to it. Right. So we really they that kind of like was put together. I remember oh, they had G- all done their own remixes. Oh yeah, like oh. everybody like was just hopping on the song. I'm talking about everybody did a ice cream paint job verse. I'm talking about everybody. Right. So we just had to. We were just like, well, shit, we can just put together a remix from that. So so the song blew up and that happened and uh. You know, the first person who had did one was Jermaine Dupree. He hopped on it, and then he exposed it some more, and then it just, everybody did a verse. That's so crazy, because you think about, like, back in the day, I remember going to, like, rap blogs and 
you know, there would be a song, Ice Cream Paint Job, or a Millie by Lil Wayne, or whatever, yeah. where every day you would see three new, five yeah. new rappers all remixing that shit. <laughs> yeah, and it, it got to a certain time. point where it's like, I'm not going to just download a different person rapping over the same beat every day. Yeah, that's how it was. That's yeah. how it was, yeah. That was one of those situations. So what was that whole time period like? Because you seem like when you're talking about how you were in the club, like, every fucking night, pushing walk that walk and everything, it's like, some rappers think, like, oh, I'm blowing up, but I'm still going to kind of take my time with promoting this shit, or I'm not like it seemed like you kind of understood like oh no if this shit is cracking right now then we need to be all over it and just doing everything possible to promote this yeah and that 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 came because I was a mixtape rapper first so I was mm-hmm. able to feel the difference you know what I'm saying like I, I, I was able to feel the difference between having a mixtape buzz and having a quote-unquote regional or mainstream single buzz and it was just a different feeling so when I felt that I'm like boom this this I got it this is the energy fuck it I gotta blow this shit up like I knew I had a hit. When Walk the Walk in that time and where I was in my mind, I knew I had a hit that just had to be exposed. Mm. So I had it wasn't and I didn't have a label, so I had to expose it myself. I had to go into every club and wherever people was to keep exposing it. And every time I did that, it just got bigger and bigger. Cause once people heard and resonated, it was a rap from there. So, you know, I kinda had to like you know what I'm saying? I uh, I had to, that's like a guerrilla tactic, you feel me? Yeah. <laughs> Do it, you know what I'm saying? So I did that. It's kind of crazy though, it's just like such a different thing when you're doing the mixtape thing and you're sort of in Texas and like the idea of being a popular rapper in Texas at that time, especially like you didn't necessarily have to branch out outside of the state. Whereas like once you have that big radio single, then you start to feel like, oh, this is what it is to be successful. Like, yeah. th- did that completely change like the trajectory of how you were working on music and stuff? And did it feel odd to sort of have that song like come back to earth and all of a sudden you're kind of doing some of the same things in Texas in terms of just performing there locally and, and putting out tapes or albums or whatever? Like, how, how, what was that process like as that song started to cool off a little? Well in Texas it, music is different and especially even at that time it's like if you make something that's kind of like a classic mm. and it's, it's, it, ain't, it ain't no really dying down well yeah it's a dying down but in that that record was just something that was gonna keep going but see by the time it really got going like what I was creating I was already on to other music making I was just like All right, I'm boom they fucking with it Boom, I, I was already making other music that I was ready to put out, you feel mm-hmm. me? But I knew I had to, so when it started dying down, you know what I'm saying, and then, then that's when the other record took off, and then you know it just kept on being like that. Mm-hmm. So I just kept myself busy, you know what I'm saying? And I was actually enjoying, I think the difference too is I was enjoying just the process of it happening. Mm-hmm. Like I really wasn't in a hurry, you feel me? Even, cause it was times where I knew I could have done things and took deals and took situations that would have sped it up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, I just wasn't thirsty for that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and, and I didn't have nothing, so I'm surprised that I wasn't, but I was just like, I'm cool, you know? Because a lot of people in that position that you were in at that time would have been all over trying to, you know, click up with bigger rappers yeah, or labels yeah. or whatever yeah, and just yeah. trying to, like, yeah. basically... Like, did you not feel like like did you feel like you were on a trajectory to try to like make yourself a giant rap star or did that not really seem as important as just doing you yeah no nah, I, I saw the vision I, I wanted to go to that level but I just knew I, I was just like I'm gonna do it on kind of on my own I'm, I was letting everything come to me like I believed in myself for real you know what I'm saying it wasn't a fake like I'm trying to make myself believe in myself like I just knew once I got to so I'm like I can do this and I'm gonna do it so it's just about how I want to do it and when I want to do it and and just taking my time doing it while also learning too. Don't get me wrong, it was a lot I didn't have figured out. It was I really didn't have a lot of know what a lot of stuff was, but 
for some reason I was just cool with how it was going. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I, I, but yeah, I did have goals to, you know what I'm saying, take it to the highest level. That's mm-hmm. in my mind, and, it's, and, and so that's part of the process. Of even now, it's just boom steps. I know you got some crazy stories from that time period. Like I know that the fucking Nipsey thing was like a crazy connection. That well, it just seems crazy now, given how he passed and everything. But you had this connection with him early on. Can we get that story and can we talk about like just any other like crazy interactions or whatever was going on at that time in your life? Like things that just seem insane that maybe you don't always get a chance to, to share with people at this point? Uh, so Nipsey, yeah, Nipsey, you know what I'm saying? Like I, the connection with me and Nipsey came immediately. You feel me? Like I, the first time I remember like just being at the crib and the first time I saw Nipsey was uh he was they was shooting he had did a video that came out and uh he had rapped on a crisscross uh beat he he did the re he like remixed was it the jump Chris, yeah he had did. my favorite song when I was in first grade yeah 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 so, yeah that so he he redid that you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. that's how boom and and for some reason it just when I saw the video, everything he was doing, a lot of the stuff that he was doing was resonating with me on how I was moving and doing it, and, and, but in a Texas way, a Dallas way. And that was the only artist that I it made like that. And then when I, we met out soon after that, once my music started popping, this was before my music was out, and then, you know, Ice Cream Paint Job happened, and, uh, you know, when Snoop got, they got on the Snoop, actually, I thought Nipsey was Snoop artist because that's kind of how it was presented to me. Right. And then I remember D hit me up. He was like, "Hey, you know, Snoop, want, you know, want, want to know what you think about putting Nipsey on Nipsey Hustle? It's, it's an artist named Nipsey Hustle." I was like, "Oh, I know who Nipsey is." I was by this time I was on to him. A lot of people want they they was trying to introduce me and be like this. They trying to show him like I already know who he is. I think homie dope. Let's do it. He won a mainstream thing, so a lot of people didn't think that was a good move because he wasn't main. But I, I thought it was. The, the best thing I was like, cause I, I like him, you know what I'm saying, homie from LA, boom. I already like this music I'm on it, and I could see the potential, and I threw him on there, and and, and I brought him out on the BET uh, Hip Hop Awards. Right, you feel me? And that was he had never been on a mainstream platform, so I introduced him to a lot of people. But I did it from just thinking homie was dope anyway. Like, fuck mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? There was other people on the, on the song, but it's just something I wanted to do. Right. You know, and, and then our connection started there, and we just had a natural connection. So we started seeing each other everywhere. You know, we did some songs, you know what I'm saying? He came, fuck with me in Dallas, you know, birthday parties. We just we would do shows at different places, and I always, every time we met up, we had a moment. You know what I'm saying? We always chopped it up. I always talked. I always had good energy. And it was a me and him connection. Like, I didn't, so me and Nipsey connection, just, you know how sometimes it's be through, uh, you have entourages and different, and I was just me and him personally. So, we just, I always had this connection, and I always saw each other, and, and, it, and it just kept growing over the years. So, you know, he, he just became homie. He just came bro from there. Do you, you know, remember, family. remember the last time you saw him before he passed? Yeah, it was a month before he passed. A month, A wow. month. He was in Dallas. He came and did a, uh, not even a show. He came and did a business seminar. Like, the first of his, uh, like, uh, imagine going to a city to do a show, but instead of doing a show, you're doing a business seminar. Wow. And you're bringing out people in that city, uh, the youth that's in that mindset. And you're getting paid for it, just like a show, but you're sitting down like this, talking. And that's what he came to Dallas to do. And it was just about business, real estate, all the shit he was about. You feel me? He was, you know, he was teaching that and he was getting paid for it. And he came to Dallas, I went there. You know what I'm saying? Support him and check him out, boom, boom, boom. And, 
you know, before he went and did the, you know, the speech and the stuff he had to do, we had, we was in the, in the back room, just private moments, you know what I'm saying, talking about it. We was talking about the, that I was supposed to come to L.A. to his, he, he had just built his new studio. Mm. He was, he told me to come to L.A. to do his, uh, to, to come record, because I was talking about, look, I got this Texafonia project I'm working on, you know what I'm saying? We always was talking about doing a Texafonia thing, I'll bring it up, and he was going to get on the song and the project, and he was just like, why don't you just come to L.A. and do it, do it in my studio. So my next time to go into L.A. was going to be that next month. Mm. You feel me? So I was, it was already planned for me to go to L.A. and record with Nipsey. Right. And then this was a month, literally a month prior to when it happened. And that happened. And then the next time I ended up going was for the funeral. So I went out there for the funeral and everything. And, mm. you know, and, that, and that, that was that. But, you know, like I say, bro, you know, that was fam. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of love there. And, and, and you know. Homie, homie, energy, spirit is here forever. You know what I'm saying. So, with that being said, yeah. Yeah, when you see like the way he lived his life, and like there's always been this conversation since he passed about like doing a business in your local area and everything. Like, has that been you know, and like sort of being that like local hero and stuff. And with him, we saw how much you could do when you put yourself into that role. We also saw how dangerous it can end up being. Like, what what are your thoughts on? being that sort of like fixture in the community in terms of hip hop or outside of that in the overall culture, like do you want to be that for Dallas or, or is, is that too much to take on sometimes? It ain't even, it just, that's just what, who homie is, mm. you know what I'm saying? And like, I, it, for me, it's parts of that, but it's also for me, it's, it's just inspiring, just inspiring. Mm. Cause I know how, just like homie, he know the greatest act that you can do, whatever is inspire somebody that, you know what I'm saying? And, I believe in that, you feel me? So even for my city and this and that, I'm more about inspiring and I come be hands on and I come boom, boom, this and that. But as far as feeling like I gotta do something, I don't feel like I have to do anything that don't touch my heart. And mm. it's a lot of things that touch my heart that I'm gonna do and actually do and do it in them times. But I don't, I don't got like a miss set up, boom, boom, boom. But that's who homie is. Mm. That's who he was, who he is, you feel me? So it's different, you know? Uh, and, and and it's unfortunate that like that that put a sour uh uh energy out there about people feeling like they shouldn't uh you know be able or they don't want to necessarily be uh what what is it? go say the hood say you can do all that type stuff which some of it's necessary some of it ain't but overall you know what I'm saying the way I look at it is 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 everything he about is still impliable to what people should be doing. And even what what I'm doing on a lot of different other levels, cause that wasn't that wasn't all he was he was about a lot. His music was that the way he moved, his business mind, everything. He was just a you know what I'm saying all around with it. You feel mm -hmm. me? And that's just how I look at the situation. And overall, it was just unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? Just unfortunate. Damn shame. Yeah. R.I.P. Nip. Um, okay, so at this point in your life, like, what are you primarily working on? Like, do you what what do you find the most like excitement about working on in terms of is it still primarily music or like I know that you signed Young Nation at one point and that that was like a big thing for a while. We could definitely talk about that, but like, are you on the hunt for new artists? Like, is that something that you're passionate about? Uh, I'm more I'm, I'm letting everything come to me. You feel mm -hmm. me? If I see a dope artist and it come to me naturally, I'm fucking with it. But you know, I, producers as well. Right now, I'm fucking with more producers than artists. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's all around. You know what I'm saying? I'm more about like I'm number one is the music still. Mm -hmm. Number one. You know what I'm saying? Creating that and, and getting ready to put that out because that's where I'm at. Is getting ready to release all the music that I've been creating. You know what I'm saying? That's number one. So number you have a big project that you're super excited about on the way. 
projects. Projects. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's what, and that's the type of thing that's hard for me to speak on because it got to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can never tell you how something's going to be like I want to tell you. So it's just the only thing I'd be like, when it comes to the music and all that, you, it's, it'll hit you when it hits you and it'll hit you soon, that part. But the music is the thing, but it's a lot of other stuff too. You know, I'm getting into just a lot of stuff that makes sense with who I am and my brand and what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about. And it's all coming together. And the, probably the next time we sit down, I, you know what I'm saying, I break a lot of that down because a lot of that's in the, in the mix right now. But, you know, 6-3, you know what I'm saying, a new brand, the music, all that, that's all that's primary right now. You that's know how tall you are? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, me yeah. too. So that means a lot to me, off, off rip. Oh, uh, yeah, well, so you, you got to rip it then. You <laughs> it's feel a good I'm, height I'm, to I'm, be. I'm about to, yeah, it's a good height. I'm going I'm to have to give you a shirt. It's a good height. You don't look like a freak show, like one of these seven-foot-tall dudes, <laughs> but you yeah. ain't no 5'9 either. Yeah. yeah, nah, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah. But nah, like where I'm at with it is, is, is new music, man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like one thing that I'm happy about is that I never lost the passion about that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the creating and putting it out and just that part of it. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I'm at now. Just mm-hmm. grip, giving the world a new music. You know, we got, I got a new single out right now that we in the midst of we shooting a video right now. It's a lot going on with that, but the new music, that's where I'm at. Right. Did you ever feel like you were kind of... Uh at risk for for losing your passion for the music or like not seeing it the same way because over time you kind of you have to become as you become super aware of what the music can do it, it becomes kind of hard not to focus on the end result right yeah that's that's what it is you start it's like having a power realizing it and then you got to know how you want to use the power mm. you know what i'm saying and if it was worth it boom 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 but it all got to make sense like you can't just do something like with music, you can't just be dropping music. Obviously, it's a people play the game, but you just drop it. And you want to make a lot of money, noise, this and that, and that's cool. I understand that, but if it don't make sense in the end, it don't make sense. To it, it just don't make sense. Mm. So with me, I, nah, it, it it was times where I never lost the passion of making music. It was just like it's just a lot of other stuff to do while I'm doing it. You mm. know what I'm saying? I, I I got to a point where I don't just got to focus 100% at this moment to do this because that's what people want. You feel me? Like, just like there's other shit going on. I got a lot of other fly shit, dope shit going on that makes me just as happy and I still got the passion for the music. Mm. You feel me? Y'all just want to wait on it. That's my mindset. You feel me? But at the same time, I know I got fans and I want to, you know what I'm saying? Keep them because they, they want the music too, mm. but it, it just it's that type of relationship you got to build with your fan. My type of relationship I got with my fans, they when they come, they come, and I got different type of fan bases, different that like this type of music from me, and different that that like this, and that was always a struggle. You know what I'm saying? Mm. What, to be what, able to deliver to both markets. Yeah, because I had that. Like when I became when I started making singles, the motherfuckers that used to like me for mixtapes, they didn't like my single. They didn't like the concept. You mm. feel me? The motherfuckers that like the singles, they they didn't understand why I just won't make singles. Like you know what I'm saying? And for me, cause I'm I'm uh, passionate about just the whole thing. Like I like doing both, and I'm you know what I'm saying. It was, so I always had a struggle within my own fan base mm. to keep both sides, which is what I figured out now, and that's why I got the six three brand. You mm. feel me? Because you know my six three brand gonna give a certain set of fans that like this this and my and i'm still gonna have my drill brand to get you know what i'm saying so that's time you, you over time you figure that type of stuff out but you know it's, it's good stuff you know you know mm-hmm. it's all in the product at the end of the day the product is the only thing that matters that's what people care about how good the product is don't fucking matter you Definitely. know what i'm saying 
Call it the Rudy, Rudy's Chicken is a place in Dallas where you have been to Dallas? Yeah. You've been to Rudy's? I don't know if I've been to Rudy's. So Rudy's Chicken is popping chicken place. You feel me? It's just like, it's one of those, you got to go there type spots. Every city got every a fire day. chicken spot. Yeah, and, and, yeah. So Rudy's is there for Dallas. And honestly, and I ain't even for to be biased. It's going to sound biased, but I done been to every city chicken spot and it ain't fucking Rudy's. And I ain't <laughs> right. even saying that from Dallas. Da- because it'd be some stuff that's dope in Dallas. And then you go to other cities that, and then you go and I'll be like, I bet it ain't going to be, and it do be dope. I'm mm-hmm. like, but when it come to that, nah, you ain't fucking with it. But Rudy's, this the thing with Rudy's. Rudy's got this dope ass food, chicken, this whole thing. They over the years in the past, I ain't gonna speak on that. Shout out to Rudy's. I ain't putting y'all down. Y'all the best. Boom, boom, boom. They customer service was trash. Mm. But the product so good, it don't, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? It don't fucking matter. So they they customer, you get cussed out, boom, boom, boom. It it's the opposite of Chick-fil-A. You feel me? Like you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the product's so good that the line's still wrapped around, you willing to pull up with bad customer service because the product's so good. So right. what does that tell you? It's about the product. Now, if you got good product and good customer service, that's even better, don't get me wrong. Right. But at the end of the day, motherfuckers only care about the product. That's mm. it. The Definitely. product is what motherfuckers care about. And that's how I look at music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it don't even matter. Like all the other stuff is cool, but motherfuckers at the end of the day care about the product you've lived in dallas this whole time even through all the traveling whatever you always call that home dallas been the home the whole time in cali but i've I've been in la man from 2012 2013 to now i've been back and forth that's why my whole shit is texas for you that's like my concept Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying my movement is texas for you right dallas la Houston, the Bay Area, boom, boom, boom. That's like my thing, you know what I'm saying? I, I spent a little time in Atlanta, a little time in New York, you know what right. I'm saying? But mainly Dallas and L.A., you feel we, me? We've seen like a crazy like <coughs> generation of different like underground up-and-coming artists out of Texas over the last couple of years. Is that something that you pay a lot of attention to or you keep your eye on like what's going on in the, the, the scene like that? Or is it kind of tempting to just sort of listen to the shit that you've been listening to or, or be focused on your own music? Like, how do, it, how do you think It's a combination it? of all that, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, like with me, right? Uh, like Dallas. If your shit popping and you doing your thing, you gonna come to the light where I'm gonna see you mm. and vice versa. So of course I'm a boom. I don't work with a lot of the Dallas artists over you know this and that and and then it's a combination with I am always in my own world. You know mm. what I'm saying? When it comes to the creating music and all that too, as most artists should be, because that's how you really boom. So it's like a mixture of all of it. It's like how I listen to music in general. Like people always be asking me who my favorite artists are and this and that. I like everybody dope music, but I don't like if who name an artist. If he drop an album today, I'm probably gonna find two or three songs I like and boom, I like them three songs. Boom. I might let, I might listen to everything just because it come out and I get to it. I'm gonna hear it some kind of way anyway. You might mm. be in a car with somebody, they playing it. Go to the club when the club was existing. You won't hear it. You hear it just different that and I catch the climbing like that but most of the time musically I'm just in my own world creating that shit you feel mm-hmm. me and uh I, I catch stuff when I see it and stuff that's meant to come my way come my way you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying like so but nah Dallas on fire though when it comes to a lot of stuff a lot of artists a lot of producers it's a special it's a special city mm-hmm. and, and, and I mean that for real yeah definitely do you feel like uh like in terms of like the history of Texas and hip hop, it feels like there's a a very interesting and important new place for George Floyd in that whole history of Texas because he was on the fucking screw tapes. Like he was definitely yeah. like a dude who was very much like a part of mm. that whole community for a period of time, even though he lost his life in Minneapolis. Like how do, how do you feel about that or how, how he's viewed? Like do you see him being sort of lifted up and celebrated as like a symbol of Texas in a way? 
Well, yeah, that was new when to me. Like I had no when when it came out that he was a rapper and that he was on the screw tapes and I actually, you know, I remember I think I think Lil Kiki posted on his page and that's where I saw it first. Mm. I, I believe, you know, what I was saying? so beyond but, shocked yeah, when I realized yeah, when it was on I those seen, tapes. Exactly. You know? So when I seen it, I was like, oh shit! And I heard it and I was like, oh, he really was on there. So I didn't even know that at all. So I ain't gonna lie and be like, oh, nah, I right. didn't know that at all. And that did change the perspective, like. You know what I'm saying? Just to know, cause that's a special time. That's a special culture. Like you, mm-hmm. people can't say that they did that and was really a part of that, and it'd be a real thing. Cause anybody can say like, oh yeah, I, I was around when Screw was doing that, whatever. But yeah. to have been on the tape yeah, is yeah, like yeah, that yeah. shows that you were in a very particular club at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That means he was really in that. You feel me? It wasn't no. So when I saw Look Kiki post that, and I thought that was dope, and it made me look at the, you know, even. Yeah, yeah, that bring them to a certain light. But, it, I mean, as far as rap, that just make you say, if you're from Texas, like, damn, homie was part of the Swisher House movement. You feel me? Like, that's that's big. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that in Houston, they they doing a lot to put him in that light because he really was there at some point, obviously. You feel mm-hmm. me? So that's more of a, you know, that's that's what the OGs w- would do out there. You know, that's, that would be more... Them and how it resonate with everybody else mm. is just how it resonate. But yeah, it definitely did change a lot of perspectives. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that's another unfortunate situation. I hate that some something like that got to happen. You feel me? Just for other things that like to come out. But you know, it is what it is. But mm. uh, I'm, I, overall, it was good. Is it's, I'm glad to see that the justice is happening. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so something good came from it. At least that can be said. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. his his name's gonna go down in history as being the thing that sparked off a huge wave of change in yeah. the country either yeah. way. So yeah, and and him being attached to Texas music and switch that 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 makes that even doper. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, it just yeah. makes us all kind of feel like we understand the type of person he was because we all. Like, you know, if you've been around Trey, if you've been around, you, you watch a Bundy interview or whatever, you can't help but think, like, this guy was the type of dude that fit would fit in with yeah. all these, like, classic Texas characters that we all love so much if you're a hip-hop fan, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now you're right. Mm. Yeah, 100. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, anything else you could tell us about the new music that's on the way or what we need to look out for? Yeah, man. Uh, six three. The project, the EP, the Unlock EP. I, you know, what I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm trying to drop that in August. The music been done. I'm gonna be real with you. It, it's, it, it been kind of hard to gauge it because of everything that's going on. Mm. Cause I want to put it out and kind of be able to move around and like right, promote yeah. it, do this and that. So I just kind of been like playing it about ear. But main thing, you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna get the single jumping right now. I got a new single called Brand New. You feel mm. me? Shout out to God damn it, Dupree, the producer. He produced a lot of my new EP. Shout out to Digi Norm. He produced a lot of my new EP that's coming out. Uh, and like I say, this is one of the things where th- the next time I come back, we'll be talking. Because it's like the music got to speak for itself. Know the music coming, the music fire. You know what I'm saying? It's the product, you feel me? And I know that's what my fans want. And the people that's, you know, the new fans that, you know, I've been getting, they want the product. So just know that that's coming. And it's gonna come at the highest level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I can really say. I know a lot of people want me to say more and speak more on the music, and I really do, but it's just one of them things where look, when the music comes and you see it, it's gonna happen. I gotta show y'all with the music that, you feel me? That's yeah. fire. I can't wait. Can't wait yeah. to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you, Duro. I appreciate your time. It's been very good to get a little bit of a history lesson and find out what's on the way. Yeah. Nah, appreciate, appreciate that. Want it? Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support.
Ага. Пишай, чао. Yeah.